Welcome to the Top Flight Podcast. My name is Esteban Bailey, and joining me today is Ori Benatar. We're going to preview Crystal Palace today. Now, Palace finished in 11th place last year, uh, pretty surprisingly considering their horrendous start to the season. Initially, Frank DeBoer was brought in as their manager to completely change the entire club ethos and system. However, the results were horrible. They lost four straight matches without even scoring a goal, and he was quickly fired. Thankfully so, because when Roy Hodgson came in, former England manager Roy Hodgson, uh, they went on a big tear and were able to finish pretty comfortably in 11th place, which is much higher than what most people would have thought. In fact, it's the first time in, I believe, the Premier League history that a team has started off with seven straight losses with zero goals, and they still survived. So he did quite a job, but while Hodgson deserves a lot of the credit, there's also a lot of credit that needs to be given to Wilfred Zaha, who was by far one of the standout players for Crystal Palace last year, and one of the standout players in the Premier League last year. He was so important. Just to give one specific stat of how important he was, he missed 10 games last season for Palace, and Palace lost every single one of those matches. Not draw. They, it's not that they just drew or they, you know, they were close matches. They were comprehensively beaten in almost all of those matches. He was so important. But now a new season's ahead of us. Roy Hodgson is still the manager of Crystal Palace. You know, there's been another summer of uncertainty as Zaha might has been linked with some transfer rumors, either to Tottenham or even back to Manchester United, who purchased them many years ago. Um, you know, this is an interesting squad. What do you what do you think about this squad? I think it's very fascinating how Crystal Palace has yet to be relegated. They've had a lot of great escapes to stay in the Premier League. Uh, they were prop they were promoted from the Championship around like 2013, 2014. Had a great escape in their first season back, and then they've just been able to stay up. And when I saw Roy Hodgson was hired, and Roy Hodgson did not leave a great impression with how he managed England at the 2014 World Cup and the Euro. So everyone thought that Palace was done for, they're going to get relegated. And then the incredible ending to the season. And while Wilfred Zaha was great, and he, in my opinion, is their best overall player, Luka Milovojevic was instrumental in them staying up and even finishing in 11th. He's their top goal scorer, and he was playing you know, deep in the midfield, and then he moved up a little bit, and he was great getting those penalties. But I think for Palace to stay up, they need a little more from their goal scorers. They're going to need Benteke and Wickham to really step up this year, um, and also keeping Zaha is going to be really crucial. But I don't know, because Zaha is uh, turning out to be you know, that talented player we saw at Manchester United a few years back. Dortmund has shown interest in him, too. So keeping Zaha and also I want to see the Christian Benteke we thought we were going to see back when he was on Aston Villa. And we thought his career path was on the way to being the starting Belgium striker. Yeah, Benteke has been kind of a disappointment since he moved to Liverpool in that lucrative £32 million deal or something around there. Uh, He was kind of a flop, obviously, at Liverpool. He was purchased from Crystal Palace to be the guy that just keeps them in the Premier League. You know, Benteke was the guy that kept Villa in the Premier League for several years before they were relegated after he left. But, you know, it it seems that Hodgson doesn't really trust Benteke. Uh, Last year... Hodgson likes to play in a 4-4-2 style system, and instead of playing Benteke with maybe Zaha next to him or Connor Wickham, as you mentioned, uh, he would play Andres Townsend and Wilfred Zaha in the two striker positions, leaving the other two positions open for maybe a Ruben Loftus-Cheek or a Milivojevic. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because we're not sure if Benteke could actually be this player. He was He struggled mightily last season, and I'm not sure that Palace can depend on him to do well, and... Considering that they haven't really made any major transfer 
uh, acquisitions, especially in the attacking department, it seems like they're going to have to. And that, that seems a little bit of a oversight by this uh, Palace club. Yeah, no, this definitely is a bit of a surprise for sure. I think that, you know, Benteke being a flop is interesting. And Connor Wickham has always been a very inconsistent striker. But, you know, I think for Palace, they have to look at the two positives when it comes to Zaha. If you keep him, you have, you know, one of the best young players in the league. But if you sell him, you probably get around 60 million pounds to spend to improve your squad. And where do the improvements need? Probably need another striker. I would say maybe get another defender. Their defense uh, lacks some depth. I mean, you're looking at Ward, Van Anholt, Tompkins, Scott Dan, uh, Mamadou Sako, formerly of Liverpool, and also maybe uh, Martin Kelly and uh, Pepe Suarez. Um, not very uh, skilled defenders. Also, maybe even a, a central midfielder to go along with Milijevic and uh, James MacArthur. So there's depth issues for Palace for sure, and they need to focus on survival because the way the squad is going and the, the possibility of more manager changes. I mean, Roy Hodgson never seems to stay in a job for a very long time, maybe four or five years max. So if he has a bad start to the season... It's, he's probably going to get sacked, and then Palace are going to have to find a new manager. So being able to be be that consistent team and just trying to stay up, I think, is, is all that they can do this season. Yeah, let, you know, let's talk a little bit about their transfers. Now, they lost Johan Kabai, who was on that team for a few years now. He obviously came along when Alan Pardew returned to Crystal Palace after he got sacked by Newcastle. Um, Kabai used to play for PSG, but now he's playing in Saudi Arabia, and he was an important part of this Palace team and keeping them uh, up. But I guess a more you know important departure, which was to be expected, was Ruben Loftus-Cheek, the England international who played at the World Cup. Uh, he's a Chelsea, He was a Chelsea loney out to Crystal Palace. He had a pretty... You had a very good season last year. Uh, it was so good, in fact, that Gareth Southgate, Southgate felt compelled to bring him along to Russia this year. Um, he's back at Chelsea. It seems unlikely that he's going to return to Crystal Palace on loan. Loftus-Cheek has mentioned in the past that he wants to try to make it at Chelsea. He doesn't want to go out on loan again. He's gone on loan almost every single season since he's been at Chelsea. Um, he's, he's a very talented player, and he was very important to their survival push in the second half of last season. Um, I, you know, I do question the depth on this squad because you know the transfer rumors for Crystal Palace are kind of interesting it seems like they're likely going to get Maxime Ganelons from Roma he played at Lyon uh, once upon a time he's a sensor defensive midfielder he's similar to Milijevic uh, it's a tough name to say but uh, he's uh, he's an interesting player but he's a little limited I, I, I watch Serie A a lot and at Roma he you know he's basically a backup to Daniel De Rossi um, but he'll likely come to Palace there's also reports that Max Meyer the uh, Arsenal Liverpool transfer target uh, that play, used to play for Schalke who's a free agent now has also been linked with Crystal Palace. Now, there's obviously there's some conflicting reports there because, as I mentioned, Liverpool and Arsenal were also interested in maybe getting Meyer's services, but he was a almost an established German international. He played in a couple matches for them. He was in the uh, Olympic squad that made it to the 2016 Olympics, I think, to the semifinals. You know, he's a good player, and he might be someone that is helpful for this Palace team, but like, there's not a really a lot of rumors coming in the attack. It seems like Hodgson is satisfied with this squad, and I'm not sure if he should be satisfied with this squad. I mean, it seems like if Palace, every year, Palace is always like near that relegation zone, even though they have a lot of talent that should theoretically get them into the upper half of the mid-table. Uh, you know, we don't have to get into expectations at this exact moment, but do you think that this Palace squad and like their expectations for this season are maybe a little uh, naive? I would say they are, and... I think that's something you always get with a Roy Hodgson managed team because 
I just have such a bad taste in my mouth from the way he managed those England teams at those international tournaments, the squads he picked, the tactics he played, and just the overconfidence and the the the, the cockiness really of those teams. And then they just really just did not do anything in those tournaments. And Roy Hodgson has never been able to hold those stable jobs. I mean, his best achievements as a manager, probably keeping Palace up is up there, but, you know, getting Fulham to the UEFA Cup final in 2010. Uh, he was able to take Switzerland to the round of 16 at the 1994 World Cup. So, I mean, I, you're always going to have that with a Hodgson team, but I think the biggest factor that is putting Palace into the potential relegation teams is that they haven't done the style of business that these other teams lower than them have been doing. You know, Wolves and Fulham, newly promoted, are signing players way above the normal class that you're used to seeing from newly promoted teams. You know, Newcastle was able to get a couple of decent guys. Huddersfield developed their talent in their last season. Um, Brighton haven't really made too many signings either. Nothing like, you know, out of the box. But the fact that Wolves and Fulham are signing World Cup champion players, European championship players, guys who are big-time Champions League, Premier League performers in the past, and Crystal Palace is not doing that, that's concerning for me if I'm an Eagles fan. Yeah, that's 100% true. And, I mean, I guess they're all just depending on Wilfred Zaha having another world-class performance uh, next season, which, I mean, I, I think he's capable of doing that. He seems to improve every single season in the Premier League. But here's a good here's a question for you. The transfer window isn't shut yet. Is it poss- Do you think that Wilfred Zaha will play for Crystal Palace this season? Or do you think that they'll at least hold on to him for the rest of the window? I think that they will hold on to him from August to January. I don't expect Palace to be a very good team this year. I mean, I haven't made my full-on predictions for the table. I'm probably going to get to those very shortly because, you know, the season starts in 10 days from now. As we record this, the season is 10 days from now. And Palace are, in my mind, as a potential relegation team. And and I I think if Palace are in the bottom three by the time we get to Christmas and Boxing Day, Zaha is, is good as gone. And Palace might as well uh, use that tanking mentality that so many teams in North American sports are taking, where basically you have 20, 30 wins. Let's just trade our best players, get some young guys. Or in the case of Crystal Palace, let's transfer Zaha. Don't sign him to a rival. Send him out to Germany or to Italy or a team that, you know, is in the Champions League. Get him some first-team football, and let's use that money to get quality. You know, look at what Leicester did. You know, Leicester really hit the jackpot by winning the title because it didn't just help them, you know, up their street cred and have the greatest upset in soccer history. They sold Mares for 60 mil. They sold Conte for a lot of money, too. Maguire could be sold also. And Palace have an opportunity to make a lot of money by selling Wilfred Zaha. And I think if they're in the bottom three, they should do it. They might as well go with the tank mentality. Get some extra assets in January that can keep you up in the Premier League because while Zaha is a great talent and a good player and people are willing to spend 60 mil on him, he's not exactly a top-class goal scorer or a top-class assister. He doesn't have that great of numbers. So it really all depends on the performances. But I think Zaha is not going to get transferred in the next week and a half. Yeah, I think I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. I do think that if... I think Crystal Palace is a clear relegation struggler this season, um, even though they have so much talent. I don't I don't trust Roy Hodgson to do this again. But now we're at that part of the show. Let's, let's talk about predictions. Let's talk about where we think they're going to land at the final table, uh, in the final table of the season. Um, I'm going to say that I think Crystal Palace, I don't think they're going to get relegated. I think... They are always, you know, scraping by and 
it's always a, kind of a struggle for them. But they just, I can't see this team with this much talent, and they don't necessarily play like Stoke City or West Brom, like, like Tony Pulis style defensive football. Roy Hodgson, while he's a conservative manager, he's not exactly the most defensively sound manager. He likes to let his teams at least play a little bit more confident in the attack. So I think they'll be able to score enough goals to keep them up. Um, I hope they make some extra signings. That will make me feel a little more secure about it. But I'm going to say they're going to finish around 15th to 12th. I think 12th is the highest. I think they're going to drop back just a little bit. Well, I'm too optimistic for my taking. I think that their range 14th to 19th. I don't think they're going to finish last. I think the only way they finish last is if they don't make any changes and, you know, Zahas gets to a point where he's sick of playing for a team this bad and he he wants out and he refuses to play sort of like a Diego Costa situation at Chelsea uh, at the beginning of last season. So I, I don't think this team has the has the depth. I don't think they have the, the manager to finish 11th again. And I, I just don't know, especially with how much other teams have improved below Palace. You know, Bournemouth is not going to finish 12th again. I think they're too good to finish below Palace for another season. I think that, you know, Brighton and Huddersfield are big question marks. But the biggest thing is that Fulham and Wolves have just taken such steps up with their squads. And I think that once you eliminate two newly promoted teams, even from relegation consideration, then you have a bit of an issue. And Crystal Palace has not made any Good squad improvements. Losing Johan Kabaya is big. So I think that highest 15th, lowest 19th. Nope, there you have it. Crystal Palace, they're a potential relegation struggler. But that's why you got to play the season. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, it'd be fun to see if Zaha can repeat his heroics from last season because it's always more entertaining. But that's our preview of Crystal Palace. Uh, come back, keep coming back to listen to our shows. We're going to keep previewing all the other Premier League teams before the start of the new season. I can't wait for it, and I hope you guys can either. So we'll see you soon.